Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the 504 Core Podcast, episode 12. Um, yeah, here with Zach Nagy today. Uh, Zach, let's start off with LC Baseball. Big day uh, the other day. Big couple days, really, with uh, the MLB draft. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, kind of just like, let's start with the MLB draft, I guess. It's been a pretty crazy stretch for this program. They broke a program record for most uh, most draft picks in one in one draft. Um, obviously headlined by Paul Skeens, Dylan Cruz going one, two. First program ever to have two players on the same team go one and then two. So it, it's it's pretty monumental what LSU baseball is doing. They're changing. Jay Johnson's changing the culture. He's building the powerhouse. Um, and really, it, it's just it's not slowing down anytime soon. Sure, you're losing a lot of talent um, via the draft. But at the same time, you're reloading in the transfer portal. You're kind of just making some moves. I'll, I'll hit on that in a little bit, uh, just LSU baseball transfer portal as a whole. But right now, it, it's getting crazy. And something that I was telling Mike before the podcast started was LSU's getting their top signee to campus, number 11 ranked uh, Cameron Johnson, left-handed pitcher who throws gas. You rarely see somebody on the left side be able to throw 99 miles per hour at the age of 18 or just from that side alone at, at any level. So to be getting him to campus is a major win. I spoke to his dad last night, confirmed to me the news. So to get him to campus is a really, really big win, and this program's reloading. So uh, draft was a success. You saw 13 guys get picked, like I said, program record. Um, so here they go. I mean, Jay Johnson's doing God's work right now, so it's only a matter of time until they just continue just reloading and reloading and moving on. How big of a surprise was it for Johnson to come on campus? I mean, I know a lot of people had him going. I mean – um, I know your tweet kind of blowing up. You had the inside scoop on that, but how big of a surprise was it? And why do you think yeah. that was? So Cam Johnson was supposed to be a guy selected probably like you could say first round just cause like it could have happened, but he was like the number 42 ranked MLB draft prospect. So he was, he was a likely second round selection. And my best guess is that his asking price was too high, which kind of turned off, you know, organizations who might not have had the quote unquote budget to make it happen. Um, mm-hmm. So he slipped. He went to the last round. The St. Louis Cardinals sent a Hail Mary and just they, they drafted him and just said a prayer like maybe we can offer him enough money to get him to start his professional journey. And as it stands right now, it does not look like he will be uh, signing that pro contract. According to his dad, he's excited to play for Jay Johnson. He's ready to get to Baton Rouge and work. So barring any last second changes, um, he's a tiger and he'll be he'll be in Baton Rouge this fall. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously great news for LSU. It seems like LSU is kind of reloading. Um, obviously, they're losing a lot of people in the draft. I mean, I was really, really surprised to see uh, Grant Taylor go 50, number 51 overall, considering he didn't play at all or very, very little last year. So, um, I don't know. The, the guys in a later draft, I'm, you know, uh, um, like, what's his name? Cooper. I'm surprised he's going to leave. Um, is Blake Money staying or is he is he uh, going the MLB? Sounds to me like of the 13 players that were drafted, 12 of them are coming are, are going pro. Um, the only person that's coming okay. back is your boy Christian Little. Um, he got drafted in the 19th round by the Mets, and it sounds like yeah. he's gonna. Uh, well, I know for a fact he'll be coming back to Baton Rouge for one more year. Um, kind of work under new pitching coach Nate Yeski, try to get his command right. Um, because he came in from Vanderbilt as a coveted pitcher, and he kind of you know wasn't what people expected towards the midway point of the year. Started off strong, ended poorly. So. He's coming back after being drafted in the 19th round by the Mets to kind of just get his command right, get get his game right again, and, and kind of work on a, on a team where he can make some major contributions. Yeah, I mean, Christian Little, you know, he, he struggled a lot. Um, but I was really hoping to see Riley Cooper come back. And I 
I don't know how Blake Money got drafted ahead of Riley Cooper. That makes zero sense to me. There must be something, you know, I'm not a scout, but just from just watching it, you know, Riley Cooper was a much better pitcher this year. Uh, Blake Money had it was so inconsistent. I mean, he, he had ups and downs, but it seemed like he had more downs. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I would have thought that. And then Jordan Thompson, you know, he struggled in Omaha, fifteenth uh, round. I mean, he does have some attributes that MLB teams are looking for, but um, I'm kind of surprised that not more guys are coming back. I guess you know, else he's just going to be reloading and all that. Um, but yeah, I, Christian Love's got to come back. I mean, that's just, on that point. I'd really like to see Jordan Thompson come back. Um, he hasn't confirmed if he's signing or not. I haven't seen anything personally. Um, I'd love to see him come back because I know he could boost his draft stock. He's a California kid, so getting selected by the Dodgers is kind of like, I guess you could say a dream. Um, but, you know, I would love to see him come back and boost his draft stock because before, you know, the end of the season, that, that College World Series uh, slump, he, he was he was a likely top top five-round pick. Um, so that collapse was, was a little bit surprising. So it's all about asking price. Like when you talk about Blake Money and you talk about Riley Cooper and stuff, it's all about what you think your value is. Riley Cooper might have thought his value was a little bit, you know, it, it might have been too steep for some of these organizations. So that might have been why Blake Money got picked before him. But, yeah, like I, I, I'm excited to see, you know, it's, it's always a given. Maybe one or two guys will come back. But right now the only guy who's confirmed is Christian Little. Well, they got till the 20th to decide? 25th? It's two weeks after the day that they were drafted. Um. So okay. whatever that is. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, if this was a few years ago without NIL, I would think – that these guys be like if they're determined to go to the MLB and make money, then okay, I, I get it. Like if you got a check staring you in the face, but I mean with NIL, like you could come back and make. I mean, like Riley Cooper, like your reality is like you're, you're gonna be go, you're gonna sit in the minors for a few years, if that, like maybe even longer. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would, I would think Riley Cooper would want to come back, you know, get a degree. Get, I, I mean. I was never the biggest school guy, but I mean, get a degree, you know, hang around campus and get NIL money and possibly have another championship. I mean, the team will be good. It seems like they are reloading. Um, disappointing to see Blake Mitchell go eighth overall, but you know, it is what it is. That kid's a stud. But yeah, like you said, with that pitcher coming in, um, Johnson, I think I think they are going to be reloading in a lot of aspects. Um, I'm excited for this team. Um, any other thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, of the 13, 14 signees in the 2023 class, for right now it seems like the only one that's going to depart is Blake Mitchell just because he was a top 10 pick. Um, the Royals took a gamble. Rarely do you see a catcher, you know, out of high school get drafted in the top 10. Most of the time they go to campus. Um, so they took a gamble. It paid off. He's going to sign with them and go pro. Um, LSU had four signees drafted in total, um, two, of them in the, two of them in the later rounds and then Jake Brown in the 16th round. Um, and then you, ta- you tally on uh, Blake Mitchell on top of that. So four guys, and of the four guys selected, only one's going to go pro. It seems like a, a major win for uh, Jay Johnson, considering this recruiting class is incredible. Um, the number one recruiting Did- class in the country, a lot of in-state guys. So it, it's a win to only have one member of that signing class, you know, go pro. Yeah, are they – I mean, I'm, I'm assuming they're targeting multiple people and transfer portal. Have you heard anything about that or not really? Yeah, so kind of on top of that, I haven't even gotten to report it on my end for uh, for SI yet. I talked to Craig Holman, which is Luke Holman's dad. He's the pitcher from Alabama. Basically, he's about to go on like a, a tour over the next week. He just finished USA Baseball. So Luke Holman is the number one target for LSU baseball right now. He's a pitcher, like I said, from Alabama. He's going to go visit Tennessee this weekend, make his way to Mississippi State, LSU, and Auburn. 
He's going to visit those four SEC schools, um, try to find his best fit. I would love to say that LSU is the front runner to land him right now, um, but I just I I'm I'm not I'm not sure. Um, I think LSU is a great chance. I, I I think they have a great chance. I'll leave it at that. But he's going to make his way to campus for a visit next week, and we'll see what LSU can do there. But to get him would be huge. He's he was Alabama's ace. He was the Friday night starter. So to get him would be huge for LSU moving forward in that pitching rotation. Another guy to monitor is Braden Montgomery, um, Stanford transfer potential guy who could go top five in next year's draft. He does everything. He, he's a, he's a two-way player. He does everything. So that's somebody on LSU's uh, radar, but Luke Coleman is a name that I'm, I'm circling right now, especially once he makes his way to campus after he goes on his little world tour um, over the next couple of days. But that that's a guy that Alabama pitcher, Luke Coleman, uh, I got my eye on him. Yeah, that'd be, I mean, they need pitching. I mean, I know, you know, they lost pitching, but they got a bunch of guys coming in as well. So I think pitching will be interesting this year. Um, yeah, you can never have enough arms. Um, but yeah, we'll see. What about uh, the guy Burns from Tennessee? What what what's the latest with him? Anything new? Or yeah, so of- Chase Burns actually committed last night to Wake Forest. Um, oh, did he? I didn't even see that. Doctor. Um, nobody nobody expected that. Uh, I didn't expect that, so I'm not going to say nobody expected that. But I personally did not expect that. Um, there was rumors about TCU and his credits not transferring over or something like that. Um, I don't, I can't elaborate. I, I don't know enough to even try to elaborate on that, but yeah. So he's going to Wake Forest and he gives them a, an absolute gem uh, for the 2024 season. He's a guy who'll go first round next year. So tough loss for LSU, but they have a lot of reinforcements on the way. They've already got three pitchers. Luke Coleman's on their radar right now. So they've got some guys, including the freshmen uh, coming in too. So yeah, it sucks to not get Chase Burns, but at the end of the day, it's not uh, the end of the world, not the panic button. Just yeah, no. Yeah, no, I mean, it, I wouldn't say it's a disappointment, but, you know, it's just they they seem like they had a decent chance at it. But, yeah, it's interesting to see that he's going to Wake Forest out of all the schools. Um, I wonder where, I wonder what it came down to, maybe NIL. Um, I don't know. Just This NIL thing just always sneaky with everything. So is what it is. Uh, let's transfer to LSU uh, football recruiting. What's the latest with that? It's been kind of quiet right now, I'll be honest with you. Um, really – the only type of intel that I can say is that they have their Bayou Splash pool party coming up at the end of July. It's a dead period right now. So in recruiting oh, okay. dead periods, basically prospects can't come to campus. You can't have face-to-face contact. But you can go phone calls, text. You can you can communicate in that sense. But no official visits or anything like that. Nobody can make their way to campus. So kind of all eyes are turning to this end-of-the-month pool party. I believe it's the weekend of the 28th to the 30th, um, one of those days within that time frame. And that's where LSU is going to be looking to get their main targets to campus. Um, that that's huge. That's gonna that's gonna be something that you're gonna see targets start trending LSU's way potentially. There's a guy, John Arrett. He's a Marrero native, Wardell Mack. He's crystal ball to Texas right now, but LSU's keeping their foot on the gas for him. Essentially, if you can get him to campus for the pool party, it's a major major win. Um, just because you, you you need to get him to campus for an unofficial and then get him back for his official in the fall to start making some some headway in that because Texas is certainly taking the taking the charge is what I'm seeing and hearing at the same time. So that's going to be huge. But like I said, I mean, look, LSU has seven of the state's top 10 prospects committed. The three that they don't have is Dominic McKinley, Wardell Mack, and Tylen Singleton. If you can get all three of those guys on campus to end the month for an unofficial visit, you'll be trending in the right direction towards the fall and then start to work your way towards early signing day in December. Hmm. Never heard of a pool party being a uh... – highly recruitable thing but 
That's interesting. Well, it's just on campus. She's just having a bunch of recruits on campus for a pool party. Is that what you're saying? Basically, it's something that they started doing a couple of years ago. I don't, I'm not as plugged. Like, I don't know enough about it to even elaborate on it, but it's called Bayou Splash. And they kind mm-hmm. of just try to have prospects come in once that recruiting dead period ends. Because after that weekend, another dead period starts in August. So it's a really crunchy, t- it's a crunch time right there. And like I said, the three guys that they're putting there, they're circling Dominic McKinley, Tylen Singleton and Wardell Mack, those are the three guys in the Louisiana top 10 who are not committed to LSU. So they are they have their foot on the gas, turning up the heat for those three right now. So we'll see if they can make some headway over the next couple of weeks. They need to get, they need to get Livy done in that bikini out there, and they'll done deal, get every recruit. <laughs> she came for the for the Alabama weekend for that, uh, for that game. It was one of the biggest recruiting weekends of the year. And she met, like, Colin Simmons, the number one player in the country. Everybody was taking pictures with her. And they got a couple commits a couple days later, so we'll see if she can uh, she can maybe sway them towards uh, Baton Rouge. We'll see. Dude, I mean, it's a good recruiting tool. I mean, she's on the SBs, Angel Reese is on the SBs. I mean, just – yeah, I mean, Elsie's in a great spot with everything. Um, so if you're an Elsie fan, it's, you know, pretty exciting to see what's transpired the past couple of years. And then, I mean, Elsie football, I mean, we'll go into it in later episodes, but – I know SEC media day is coming up, but it's just kind of a dead period with it. Um, I mean, LSU football has a really good chance to make uh, run at a title this year, considering circumstances. So, yeah, I mean, if, like I said, if you're an LSU, fo- LSU fan in general, you're, you're having a good time right now. But, um, yeah, all right. So, so this is kind of a dead period. I mean, we can move on to the NBA. Um, our boy Hawkins is struggling a little bit, but you can kind of see – you can see the fluidity of his game in uh, Summer League. Um, have you watched Summer League at all or not really? Yeah, I've been plugged in for that. I've been watching as much as I can. I love what Jordan Hawkins is doing, dude. I know the numbers don't kind of the, the numbers aren't pretty, but in my opinion, the numbers don't tell the whole story. I love what his jump shot is. I love how he spaces the floor. I love how he continues to move off ball. Um, Jordan Hawkins has been, you know, a bit underwhelming, but long term, I'm not too worried about it. The main story is Dyson Daniels. I mean, goddamn, dude. He's looking like a freaking beast. I I can't complain really for much about Dyson's game. He's looking like a triple-double machine when he has volume. Uh, the jump shot's looking more fluid, like you were saying about Hawkins. I think Dyson's is looking fluid as well. Um, love what he's doing. Stuffing the fat sheet. Really just looking like an all-around, not a vet per se, but he's really looking talented. I'm, I'm loving what Dyson's doing right now, man. Yeah, like one thing I noticed too – like the the first game when I saw Dyson, like he looks thicker. He looks like he's put on ten pounds. Um, he looks like he's grown up a little bit. I mean, he's only twenty years old. I I see people lambast this kid. I mean, they're like like oh trade Dyson, blah blah blah. I'm like dude, the kid is nineteen years old. Like, you know, he's twenty now, but like in five years he'll be twenty five years old. Like that's 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 insane just to think about. So, uh, and then also saw also saw that he was six eight too, which means he. I mean, they said he was six six coming off the draft. Now he's six eight, so that means he's grown another two inches. So, yeah, like he he looks more assertive. He looks more confident. I think that's going to come as time you know goes on. I think I think he will be a solid player. Um, yeah, just it, his jump shot. You know, the mechanics look okay, but it's it's not falling. But everything else, he looks very very good. He's you know, I wouldn't say he's an elite defender, but he's a very very good defender. Um, no, he Dyson's definitely coming into his own and. Yeah, Hawkins, um, you know, looks good as well. He just needs the shots there. You can see even his misses are bad, but I think I think he'll come around. Um, you think any other guys could make the roster besides Liddell, Tyson, and Hawkins on the summer league team? I don't. Um, 
I don't. No, I've, I've watched a good bit, and I really nobody else is really catching my eye. Obviously, somebody that you and I need to talk about, just being like UL alums, is Frank Bartley. Um, he looked great the other night, but other than that one kind of night, it's been kind of a struggle for the Baton Rouge native. Um, like we said, he, he's a guy who we haven't really gotten the chance to talk about him, actually. Um, UL alum, he's from Baton Rouge. He played in Italy last year, averaged almost 20 points a game. So he got his first chance in the NBA with the Summer League. 29 years old, so he's an old vet. But for him to even get the chance in the, in the Summer League, super cool. He hasn't looked that great, but the other night was kind of his, like, one shining moment. So, you know, I just wanted to get my two cents in there about Frank Barley. But other than that, dude, no, nobody else. It's really just Dyson, um, EJ, and Jordan. Yeah, I mean, Sebron's look pretty good. I think he's always been a slasher. He can always take it to the rim. I, I like Sebron a lot. He could be like a Birmingham, Birmingham guy. I think that guy Jones, um, we signed on that two-way deal, that undrafted guy. I think he could, you know, he's going to be a Birmingham guy as well. And then Liam Robbins um, will probably be a Birmingham guy. So, I mean, if one of those guys can develop into a nice role player in the future, that'd be that'd be a big bonus. Um, you could always use those cheap contracts and those good young talent. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, the, the it's just it's just encouraging to see the progress, from, like you said, from Dyson and all these other guys. Liddell looks pretty good, you know, physically. Um, he's never going to be a guy that's going to stuff the stat sheet, but you watch him and you can tell he makes it an impact on the game. But um, yeah, I think hopefully the Pelicans can um, get something out of this these uh these guys and they get better but um one thing i've noticed too keontae george man he's been going off in summer league i mean it is summer league i try not to overreact because Nikhil and jackson hayes looked like first all nba team uh first team all nba guys out there but i mean that dude that dude is solid um any other players in the league that have caught your eye in summer league i will say that keontae has looked good and I know I told you that I didn't like his game, and I don't really like his game. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna eat my words on it just yet because it's summer league. So I'm not gonna say shit. Yeah, yet. it's summer league. Um, yeah. but he's he's looked great. I'm, I'm trying to think, uh, dude. Asar Thompson. What am I doing? Why am I even hesitating? Asar Thompson has looked incredible. He's literally looking like a two way star, an all in, an all defense type of guy. Um, summer league. Take it with a grain of salt. Obviously, I'm gonna hype it up because I believed in him and I like his game a ton. Um, yeah. It's going to be a work in progress for quite some time, but dude, I love what a star is bringing to the table for the Detroit team. I'm going to, I, I want to see how he contributes in the regular season, you know, alongside Kate Cunningham, Jay Ivey and stuff. But dude, a star is looking, looking great. And before a man got hurt in that, in his first game, that dude can finish with 10 people on his back. He's a, he's a, like a slashing playmaker. He's, he's super talented. He looked great. So I love the Thompson twins. I love what they're doing. Um, but you know, it's been a really good summer league. I've tried to watch as much as I can, but I, I really like what Asar is doing. And to be honest, everybody's not really like Women Yama's not playing anymore. Scoot got hurt. A man got hurt. So like your top guys aren't really playing um right now. So it gives me a more reason to watch Asar. I like what he's done. I, I really, I really do. I think he's looked great defensively. Yeah, I watched him last night. I mean, the, the, those brothers are just freaks of nature, like with their athleticism. Um, yeah, I think they're going to be really good. It's been it's been fun to watch. Yeah, it's been it's been a good summer league. Um, I mean, it's just there's really nothing else to watch. And if you just kept up with the draft at all, it's it's always kind of fun to watch these guys um, play a little bit. But yeah, Detroit, Detroit. I was like looking at Detroit's team. I mean, Detroit's got some dudes. I mean, Cunningham, Ivy, Duran, the Thompson, the Thompson twin, um, 
Stewart, Wiseman kind of came into his own last year. I mean, they got some guys. Um, Detroit, Detroit's a sleeper team this year. Um, so I, you know, the NBA, the NBA as a whole is just so stacked with talent. I mean, just a few years ago, like probably like ten years ago, like these like fourth or these like fifth and sixth options on like most NBA teams now would probably be like a third option, like on the teams like ten years ago, like the the level of talent in the NBA is so stacked. It's, it's insane. So, um, that's exciting time. If you're an, an NBA fan, um, fucking, I saw today, James, James Harden wants to go to the Clippers. Now. What, what do you think about that? Dude, his, his whole, like, his whole mindset's been shifted on that. He, he's been wanting to go to the Clippers since he kind of quote unquote demanded the trade. Um, I don't know how they can make that work. I don't know if they have the assets to make it happen. You'd have to bring in a third team and work from there. But, I mean, how would that even work? What, Paul George, Kawhi, and James Harden? I I don't even see how that offense would be fluid in the slightest. I think it would just be like a stalemate. Um, no type of continuity. No type of – they just won't be healthy. Um, but, hey, if he wants to push and get over to L.A. and, and do that and continue trying to stack the West – Go for it. But, dude, I, I I don't know how that would work at all. I would hate to watch that, to be honest. I'll be a hater on that. I, I would not want to see that. Yeah. The NBA is like the Wild Wild West. Um, it's crazy. I was kind of thinking, I was going to ask you this question. So, like, if the NBA continues the trend, it's, it's going to with, guy, like, every superstar – or not every superstar, but, like, a superstar requesting a trade. There's probably three of them every year. Like, let's say Luca and Giannis both request a trade in the offseason – you're the pelicans who would you rather go after and why if they're both sitting there requesting trades between luca and Giannis? yeah that's really tough i'm a huge luca guy oh. so like for me to go against him would be tough but Giannis is kind of something that we need we don't really have like a kind of versatile big man um so i feel like he could fit our system and what we're doing really well sure you'd have zion and Giannis next to each other potentially zion hypothetically um, two guys who can't shoot the ball. Um, so it would kind of make your offense kind of still but and stack the paint a lot. Um, but we just have a ton of guards. So, no, I, I – oh, my God. Am I going to say I'd rather be honest than Luca? I mean, it's, that's crazy. Yeah, there's no wrong know. answer. I don't know. There's no I'm a huge Luca guy. Yeah. Well, I was just like, dude, I was just thinking, like, this is a big year for Milwaukee. Like, they're kind of at a crossroads, like, they didn't finish strong last year. It's not a destination city. New head coach, like Holiday's getting older. Middleton can't stay healthy. You know, their their supporting cast is, you know, I wouldn't say bad, but um, yeah. I mean, and then Dallas. I I, I don't know. I just think Milwaukee's kind of on the like. It's, they're at a crossroads. Like this is a big year for them as a franchise. But I mean, if it goes south, you could see Giannis like requesting a trade. I mean, he's only got a few years left in his contract. So, and then Dallas. I mean, you got the Kyrie Irving effect. I mean, if he if he's consistent what he's done with his throughout his entire career, like he, you know, he could deter that team from a positive direction. And then, I mean, they don't really have anyone outside Kyrie. They just have a bunch of like pretty good role players. But I mean, there's really nothing special about the guys they have that you know could elevate that so i mean luca could be on the way out in a year or two and i mean they the stars could align where both those guys request a trade within a year or two of each other and i think the pelicans are kind of in a win now mindset um 
I think I think if one of those guys do become available, I think you do have the assets to go get get whoever. So, um, I, I yeah, I was just thinking about that. I was like, oh, I wonder, I wonder what Zach would think between the two. It's it's an interesting question. Um, that's but so I think tough. that's kind of what the yeah, no, it's very tough. But I think if if one of those two do become available, like or request a trade, like you got to go all in. You got to do whatever it takes to to get one of those guys. You there? Did you cut out? Oh uh, no. Zach might have cut out. Let's see. All right. I don't see Zach in the up there. Um That concludes episode 12. Thank you guys for tuning in. And um, yeah, if you guys could like and subscribe, we'd really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye.